Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Hino. I'm Chava. We're back after a long time. Uh, welcome, a listener, to a long-awaited episode of the uh, podcast. Uh, we promise to be more consistent uh, going forward. Uh, so let's get started, though. Our topic today is not the test pyramid, but something new that I encountered over the weekend. It's called the testing trophy. Uh, the link to the uh, tweet and the article are in the show notes. But essentially, it uh, looks like a uh, one of our colleagues described it as a third place trophy. Uh, so if you're used to a regular testing pyramid, which has unit tests at the bottom, which is the biggest chunk, then integration tests, which is a smaller chunk. And then at the top, you have uh, UI test, which is the smallest of them all. This one looks uh, like a trophy where the bottom part is something called static tests. And we'll get into that, uh, which are uh, which is a fair bit of test there. And then you have unit tests, which are smaller than static tests. And then you have a massive chunk of integration tests. And then you have end-to-end tests. And the proportion of end-to-end tests seem to be uh, the same as unit tests. So when I posted this in the uh, in the Slack channels, a lot of reaction uh, came uh, came from this uh, little picture. But let me first tell you the, the rationale behind the author on why uh, where, where he's coming from. One of his th- one of his thinking is that quality is ultimately driven by integration tests, and integration tests are the ones that talk to another component, which is maybe on a different network or a REST call or what have you. And that's what he calls integration tests. And those should be, uh, the, 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 have, be, be the most uh, tests you have in your suite. And unit tests are actually scaled back a little bit. So your your initial reaction to this, uh, guys, on, on, on this pyramid that or this uh, trophy that, uh, uh, that we saw, uh, Hino, you know, what did you think of it? Well, first of all, I, I try to make sense of it, right? So when I see this big chunk of integration test, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I didn't read the article, but I'm glad that you just uh, introduced us to it. There are. Um, I, I find there is, seems to be a misalignment between what provides value and how do you verify that that value is indeed provided. Uh, I don't think that these things are the same, right? So it's not because the most value comes in, in, in uh, tying all of your components together. And, and providing the value that way, that uh, this is where the majority of your testing needs to go. I, I think those are not necessarily directly related. Yeah. And, and I know, Chaba, that you uh, you had a comment on what these static tests were. And once we d- dug into it a little bit, it basically pointed to things like linting mm-hmm. and, and those those kind of like pre-commit automated checks. And there's a, the, the author here, Kent C. Dodd, suggests that these should be a big part of your test suite. I feel like that's a two-second job a linter does before you commit. Am I? What am I missing here? Yeah, it was, it was funny because I had to actually look it up. The, the first time I heard about the, the testing trophy when you shared it with us. So, uh, so and then I, I look it up. And uh, interestingly, actually, I ran into a Martin Fowler article, which I want to come back to uh, based on what Hino said. But to answer your question, uh, it, it's, it's interesting because part of the static things, they list things such as, let's say, code reviews which we know that this group is completely, I don't want to say completely against, but we th- th- there are other ways, there are better ways to, to do this, right? So pretty much static, what they were saying is anything when you are, uh, when, when a human or a system is looking at the 
code, the static code, pretty much, right? And 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 one of the out of those eight to ten examples, one of them was the static code analysis tools, pretty much what you were referring to as uh, as linting. As oh, static. Okay, so now I started making the the linkage in my in my brain. But I agree with you. I don't think we should do any kind of manual or as little possible manual uh, of this static analysis when we have all these all these tools uh, already out there. So. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that maybe that maybe the bottom of the trophy could be much, much, much thinner. But I love the fact that somebody calls this out as part of the quality. It's almost it's not calling anymore a testing pyramid. They call it more like a quality uh, a trophy or quality. Um, yeah, I guess a, t- a quality uh, image or picture because I think that code analysis contributes to that to the ultimate ultimate quality. Yeah, look, the it's indeed not testing, right, at that moment. So that that's kind of one thing. Um, but there has been a situation in which I've been. We were um, creating software to uh, to test large physical systems, and all that software was written in uh, Python. And so it was test code that we ended up writing tests for because um, oftentimes, and we those were really long-running tests that, that, that were related to uh, to physical systems that uh, that replicated uh, all kinds of data and so forth. So you have to wait basically until all that stuff has had happened. Uh, and we ended up once in a while in a situation where, um, because there are scripts that's written in Python that that we we made a mistake in the test code, and as a result, we didn't get the the outcome of the test at the very end because it failed. It was a syntax error. And our tests, um, what they're actually doing was they were verifying whether or not uh, we did not have any syntax errors. And that was meaningful to us. So we had tests for our tests. We did pretty much what I understand these static tests to do, right? So there are situations where that might be valuable, but to consider this uh, to be kind of the foundation of your entire testing strategy, that, that seems a little bit overkill. Yeah, and I, and I think as I was, uh, you know, the way I clued onto this article was on Hacker News, where I was uh, this this guy who's an SRE, a system reliability engineer. He was giving advice on how to test systems, and he was a huge advocate of this because he felt that a lot of the bugs that he, he ends up catching are actually one in pre-production during the UI testing of like the, like the, during the smoke testing. And you know the, the the reactions were pretty much predictably like, dude, you're you're catching them way too late, uh, and and maybe maybe that needs to change. But but I want to want to pull on something else here. This differentiation between unit and integration testing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got your hand up. We'll, we'll go to you in a bit. But this differentiation between unit and integration testing, I've always found it a little gray, because you write integration tests still using the same X unit tools that you would use to use a test for a class. Well, you know, let me go to you first on, on like what your react. You made a face there. What do you think of the distinction there? Is it needed? Is there better language we can use? Can we dis- like distinguish these two? Because it seems to end up causing a lot of confusion as it's doing with this, with this uh, trophy here. Well, when I, when I think about those names, I'm not thinking about the tools that you're using to write those or automate those particular tests. Unit tests can just as well be manual uh, 
Um, they don't have to be written in JUnit. Uh, and it's not because you write a test in JUnit or you automate a test in JUnit that it suddenly becomes a unit test either, right? So the tool that you're using to write your tests has absolutely nothing to do with the type of tests or the level of tests that you're producing. So when when we're talking about unit tests, we're talking about the level that they are testing. And what they're actually doing, is, and, and when you go back to the, uh, the ancient V model, the level that they're testing is really at the code, right? So you're not, you're not testing components. You're not testing systems at that moment. You're testing code, individual small units in your code, which might be a certain branch within a function, which might be the function altogether, which might be uh, the, um, yeah, a- any situation that this, um, that this particular method is taken care of, but not necessarily the entire system. So the fact that you're using something that is called X unit does not make the artifacts that you're producing with that tool a unit test. Yeah, and actually, it's funny that you guys mentioned this was actually the Martin Fowler article was actually focusing on in the entire in the entire test trophy. It was just focusing on this ambiguity between unit and uh, unit and uh, and integration. And and Martin Fowler did pretty much did the same definition. What I refer as definition when you are testing a single method or a single class and you mock out everything behind that, so you are focusing on a behavior that's from a unit, mm-hmm. right? In the moment when when you start. And again, and this this is where the gray line starts. What if you intro, What if you include in that test another method within the same class? Is this still a unit? But you are not mocking this out now. Is this still a unit, or are we doing integration? Or is integration when this class reaches beyond beyond the boundaries of that class? Is that the integration? So, so I think unit itself. I think we can get fairly my pin, pin it down. When it comes to integration, it becomes a much much larger, uh, much much larger. Uh, um, I, I don't know scope thing. Yeah, I think I, I kind of like where you went there, Chaba, because I think I just came up with a, a, a differentiation between unit and integration. If you have to mock anything, it's an integration test. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't say that either, because <laughs> if you don't mock anything, that doesn't make it a unit test either, right? If you're uh, if you're testing an entire system. That is complete. right, with, with the exception of end-to-end tests. Fine, I, I get it, I get it. But I'm talking about, you know, at the, you know, at, at the, like again, at the X unit level. I know, I, I get your tools point, but if you have to mock something, whether it's a dependency, which is a JSON payload coming from somewhere, or an object that the thing that the thing requires, that you could, you could, I could make an argument that that you're you're seeing whether this component integrates with the other component, whereas in a kind of pure classic unit test, you're hitting the class with just, you know, what it expects in production and you and you, and you test the internals of it that way. I, but I just want to add that if you take the definition that I think that the testing trophy actually is correct because, because you will have very, very few examples where, where your method doesn't call out other methods. You will have very, very, very few examples. So unless that 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 method is like a mathematical or some kind of a computational or some kind of a very very isolated isolated uh, method, ninety percent of the of the methods call out to different classes, right? So so that's why. So then we are actually arguing to no. Okay, I, I see. Well, it's, it's it's no because because here here's the distinct the, the distinction I'd like to make there is that if you have a class which takes in as parameter another object. You have the option to either mock that object or create that object from scratch using new. 
I'm differentiating between the two. If you are mocking it for some reason, maybe it's too expensive to create or whatever, maybe that's an integration test. But if you're actually passing the object as the class expects it to, and it's the actual real object, then maybe it's a unit test. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm putting forth a definition. I'm happy to be challenged by it, you know. So for me, the definition is a slightly different. Uh, if you're testing the interaction between components, you're talking about an integration test. Whether that's an integration test in the small, which is might be an interaction between multiple classes, integration test in the large, which might be interaction between multiple systems. But if you're only testing the code related to a specific class, a specific function, a specific method, then we're talking about a unit test. So you're testing either the interaction or you're testing the functionality within the class. Can we break this this dialog in a way that just test your damn code? That's it. Like, <laughs> and and it doesn't matter if you're using a mock or whatnot. Right. If it's if it's in process. So this is like this is what I my differentiation actually. If it's in process, right? Your mock is in process. Then then that's in that in in that realm that that's supposed to be big and and fat and 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 well thought out, right? And anytime you do going out of out of process, so you have to involve multiple servers and stuff. That's where you are supposed to have super, super small and super, super few of them because it's very, very hard to set up and 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 do that. So, so I think if if we just agree that 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 together, that integration and unit together, whatever you want to call it, it's supposed to be ninety percent of your test or even ninety five, whatever high percentage of your test, automated test. I, I think that's a good common denominator. I, th I think the rule should be uh, make sure that the majority of your tests are the easiest to maintain. And oh, however, okay, you, however you make that happen, I really don't care. Yeah, you know, I always, uh, when I look at, say, a, a GitHub repo that I want to learn a little bit more about, or even if I'm working with a team and I want to see what they're doing, I, I try to read their tests. Like, I start mm -hmm. there, because yeah. that's what I was taught by, you know, when I, when I was a programmer, that it, you start with the tests and you work your way backwards because the tests are your documentation of the system. And I think if we keep that principle in mind, and you, as a programmer, you you create them in a way where that you know that a fellow programmer will need to understand the system and how will they best understand it. Maybe that's the principle uh, that that we can take away from this. And any other thoughts on what makes a clean test suite, Chaba? I would add one one principle that I learned long time ago from 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 a really really good developer that treat your tests as if they were production code apply the same rigor as they were production code. So you are not going to build up technical debt in your tests, right? And well, 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 he knows definitely doing that. He's writing test code for his test code, I heard earlier. <laughs> in that particular situation, yes. <laughs> Is there test code for the test code for the test code? Uh, no, we didn't go that far. <laughs> okay, so our test, all right. Our tests were running hours and our, our test to test that test code was running in sub-second or something like that, right? It's, so it it's like a tongue twister. Test the test code, the test the test code. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay, you know what? I, I, let, let's leave it at that. It's our return of the Continuous Delivery Podcast after a long break. Uh, we'll do this much more frequently going forward. Uh, thank you, Hino. Thank you, Chaba. Thank you, listener. We'll see you again soon enough. Goodbye.